Hey, thanks so much for joining us at our Red Rocks Church podcast. If you're new here, we're just a bunch of broken, messed up, imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. We hope that this message encourages your heart, builds your faith so that you can say yes to all of the plans and the purposes of God for your life. Enjoy this message. Church! James! Little notice, bro. Little notice. Snuck that right underneath me. What's up, church? You good? Hey, whether you are at one of our Denver-based locations, Austin, Texas, Brussels, Belgium, the three best campuses, men and women at the God Behind Bars, we love you so much. Men and women at God Behind Bars, listen. You are every bit as much a part of this family as the people in this room right now. We love you, we believe in you, we're proud of you, we believe God has plans for you. Thank you for joining with us today. If you're watching online, thank you for joining us. If this is your first time, we like to tell people up top because you're gonna find out anyways. We're a bunch of messed up, imperfect people, but man, we love to get together like this and pursue a perfect God. And so no matter what's going on in your life, you might feel like I've never been closer to God than I am right now. Welcome. You might feel like I don't think it's possible to get farther from God than I am right now. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. In this place, you're going to be loved and welcomed and valued and accepted. We've already been praying for you. You're not interrupting a party. You're the guest of honor at this party. So thank you for joining us, and we love you. I get the honor of introducing today's speaker. And I was, I was sitting down front as we started worshiping, and I just looked over at the speaker because she's super hot. And um, I was thinking, you know, I don't know if there's anyone in this world who has prayed for this church and for you as much as our speaker today. Maybe the Brugmans or the Zabels. But my wife has prayed for you for over 16 years. She served mostly behind the scenes for over 16 years church. She loves you. I'm telling you, her relationship with Jesus is contagious. And and I believe you're going to get a glimpse of God's love and his passion for you today, just listening to her speak. So thank you so much for joining us. And at every location, can you help me welcome my wife, the one and only beautiful, let me help you up these stairs, Mrs. Jill Johnson. Hello. Oh, thank you so much for being here today, Red Rocks Church. I love you. It's an honor to get to share. If you're sitting in the room right now, you can go ahead and have a seat. I'm going to jump right in, but I first want to say Happy Mother's Day. To every lady in the room, I say Happy Mother's Day because you know what? God has given us ladies the heart of a nurturer, which is a very beautiful thing, and it's something to celebrate. So happy Mother's Day, girls. Do something today that will bring your heart joy. For me, I will be spending time with my boys, my family, but also indulging in a sweet treat. I have a major sweet tooth, and once in a while, just to bring myself joy, I will pull up the Crumble Cookie app 
just to see what they're serving, because it does my heart joy to look at it. However, that's very dangerous, because oftentimes once I've looked, I think about it, and think about it, and think about it until I find myself at the store, and I don't buy just one cookie. I buy four cookies, because I gotta try them all. And then I bring them home, and I hide them from the rest of my family. Yep, not because I don't wanna share, But Sean also has a major sweet tooth, and he's trying to not indulge in all the sweets, and so I hide them. And then what happens is, little by little, breakfast, lunch, dinner, for however long it takes to polish those cookies off, that's what I do. I wish I was joking, but Sean and my boys can tell you, nope, she's telling the truth. She really does do that. So... As I said, it is my honor today to just share with all of you, our our church family, and you know, several years ago, I had the privilege of introducing a guest speaker uh, right before she was about to speak to our church. She was here, she had come to speak at one of our beloved women's conferences, and so I was so excited to introduce her, but just before we came out on stage, I said to her, listen, like, I am so excited that you're here. Like, I have been listening to you. You have been mentoring me for years through podcasts and conferences and and books you've written. And so I am so honored that you're here. So thank you for being here. However, when I go out on stage, I don't actually know what will come out of my mouth when I introduce you. Because if I'm being honest, like, I get really nervous. And so you just never know what's gonna come out of my mouth. So I hope you know I love you. And she probably was like, you're so weird. However, I'm going to be gracious. And she looked at me and she said, you get nervous? I said, yeah, I do. And she said, Well, when you're at home talking to your boys, do you get nervous when you're talking to them at home? I said, no. She said, exactly. Because when you're at home talking to your children and you have something to say, you say it. And I will never forget what she said next. And Sean was standing there. He heard her say it so he can verify. She looked right at me and she said, you're the mother of this house. You have something to say, say it. She told me to say it, and she said, don't be nervous. And so that is why it is such an honor and such a a privilege today to be able to share with you on Mother's Day as a mother in this house, so to speak. I do believe that God's given me something special to, to say, and I'm excited to say it. But as Sean pointed out a few weeks ago, I also sometimes use a lot of words to say a very simple thing. (laughs) In fact, my 12-year-old reminded me of that not too long ago, actually probably a couple years ago, we were driving to football practice and I was just looking at all the trees and they were changing colors and I was so excited because I'm just, I love nature. And so I think, Ashton, look at how pretty the trees are. And he said, well, mom, why do they change colors? Why do the leaves change colors? Why do they fall off the trees? Well, I got really excited by the question because at one time I was a sixth grade teacher. So I jumped into teacher mode and I gave him this 
lesson that I was really proud of on why leaves change colors. I was using words like chlorophyll and making things up too because some of it I couldn't quite remember. But I, I gave this great lesson. And when I was finished, and I was so proud of myself, he said, Mom, you could have said all of that using a lot less words. So that being said, we need to pray so that I don't use too many words to say a very simple statement today. So here we go. Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for every mother, every woman in the room. I pray that every single lady in this place, every single lady who's listening would know that you see her, that you care about her, that you love her, that you're for her. Father, I pray for every single person in this place, every single person who's listening, I pray that you would use my simple words to speak a very uh, special message to their hearts today. God, we honor you. This is your house. We know that you are here in this place, and this is all Jesus, all for your glory, and all for the sake of people outside these walls, people who don't know you that yet. This is all, God, so that they can come to know you as their Lord and Savior. And we thank you, God, that you've called us. We thank you for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. So about a month ago, the staff here at Red Rocks Church, we all got together about once a month from all the different campuses. We come together in one location. We call it our all-staff meeting. And we just have a special time together, a special time of praise and worship, a special time of prayer. Someone will share just a a charge from scripture to get us excited about what's next and what God's doing. And then after all of that, we we take care of the business. We, We take care of all the housekeeping stuff. And I just have to say, Red Rocks Church family, you have an amazing staff an amazing staff of people who works tirelessly to serve you. They work tirelessly, and a lot of what they do, they don't receive any glory for it. It's all behind the scenes. And as a mother of this house staff, I want to say to all of you, I'm so proud of you. Sean's so proud of you. What you're doing matters. You are seen. No job is too small. It all matters, and I love you. Love you. So we had this time together at our all staff, and the leaders felt like we needed to spend some extra time in prayer. And so as we prayed, we began to just, we began to pray for those who were just struggling with all kinds of needs. It started with, well, if you are struggling with anxiety and depression. We want to pray for you. And so we started praying for those struggling with anxiety and depression. And then it moved to this time of prayer for those who had physical needs. And I love our leaders because they were following the leading of the Holy Spirit. They said, we need to pray for those of you here in the room. This is just our staff. We need to pray for those of you here in the room who you need a miracle. You need a miracle. You've got something going on, whether it's physical, whether it's seen, whether it's unseen, whether it's something that's weighing heavy on you. You need a miracle, and we're going to pray for you. And I wish I could 
I wish every single one of you who's listening could just uh, feel what I'm trying to articulate. My words just do, don't do justice right now, but the presence of the Holy Spirit in this room was rich. Like it was undeniable, goosebumps. If you're in service, if you're in church and you get goosebumps, you're like, what is that? that I'm gonna say, it's the Holy Spirit. And it was one of those moments and I, 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 it was so special to me because I was like, Lord, I know you see us. I know you hear us. I know you care about us. I know you care about these needs. And I left that meeting confident, just so confident that God did hear us and he was going to do something with those prayers that we prayed. We were crying out to him for big, serious, desperate needs. And I left that meeting, however, and just, I wanted more. And I think the more, more of Jesus, more of that moment. And I think I was wanting more for our church family, but also for the world beyond. I know many of us, we are carrying serious needs. We have desperate needs, a desperate need that only Jesus the person of Jesus Christ can fill. And what I love about our God, what I love about who he is, it is possible. It is possible. It's, it's possible to experience his presence. Look at Hebrews 4.16. It says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I now know what Sean feels like because I'm suffering from a very dry throat. Sorry for the slurp. I'm new at this, okay? (laughs) So we have been given permission to approach God's throne of grace. And that's what we're going to do today. When you put your faith and your hope and your life in Jesus Christ, you've been given permission to approach his throne of grace. Not only have we been given permission to approach his throne of grace, we've been called to come to him. We've been called, we've been commissioned to approach his throne of grace. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful calling. And that's what we're going to do today. So if you're taking notes... The title of today's message is called Breathe Miracles because we are going to believe and pray that God would just breathe miracles. There's a story that for several months now I have just been clinging to. It's a beautiful story found in Luke chapter 10. So turn in your Bibles to Luke, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 13 verses 10 through 13. This is a woman with a disabling spirit. It's the title of this story. Now, Jesus, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and she could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. Now, 
If you attended the beloved women's conference back in the fall, a watch party, we did watch parties, they were amazing, then you heard Bible scholar Lisa Harper teach on this passage of scripture. So everything that I'm going to share with you right now was taught to me, taught to us by Lisa Harper. So as I'm sharing details of this story, don't don't think that I'm this amazing Bible scholar. I'm not. I wish I was, but I just sat on the edge of my seat the entire time she taught because she shared all of these details surrounding this story that you really have to read between the lines to see. And so those are the details I'm going to share with you right now. But what I love about this story, I love this story. It is a powerful display of God's kindness and compassion through Jesus. We see the face of God's loving kindness through this story. So here's what you need to know. Here's what you you don't see when you just read it at face value. Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, but this was the very last time that he would speak publicly before going to the cross. So this was his very last public message that he ever shared before what we celebrate in Noah's Easter today. Very last message, so you can bet that he was being very intentional with his words at that time. And you can believe that not only was he being intentional, he was being very, with his words, he was being very intentional with his time. He knew time was of the essence. And so here you have Jesus teaching, very last message, when he notices a woman in the room who was completely doubled over because of her condition. Now, again, if you dig deeper into the story and you do the studying, you know you'll find that this woman was not there when Jesus started teaching. She came at some point. And it's interesting that she's even there because she's not supposed to be there. She doesn't have permission to be there. You see, at that time, anyone who had a physical disability, it was considered that that was a result of an unconfessed sin. Totally not true, but that was the assumption. And because of that, that individual who was struggling with a sickness or an illness, they were not, they were considered ceremonially unclean, and so they were not permitted in the synagogue. And the synagogue was a place not only where the Torah was taught, but it was a place of community. Crowds would gather there for community. So here you have this woman who has been ostracized by an illness for years and in pain from an illness for years. And she she steps into the synagogue because she had probably heard that Jesus was there. And at some point while Jesus is teaching... He notices her. He takes notice and he sees her. And when he sees her, he stops. He stops his very last message because that woman mattered. He put his very important plans and his very important words on hold to address this woman. And when he addressed her, he called her to him. He called her to come close. And... One of the things Lisa Harper brought up, she said, think about this woman. She's never seen, in 18 years, she's never seen a sunrise. She's never seen a sunset. 
Never has she been able in 18 years to look up at the mountains. Can you imagine that? Can you picture it? She's never been able to look into the faces of her loved ones for 18 years. And I love that Jesus puts his plans on hold and his life on hold to just show her compassion. And he calls her forward. And here's, so, here's what's so beautiful about the way he calls her forward. When he said, woman, come close, the way he referenced her, he used a term of endearment that was the same exact term of endearment he used when he referenced his own mother, when he addressed his own mother at the wedding of Canaan. When his mother said, Jesus, will you please, will you please turn the water into wine? Remember that story? Jesus' very first miracle. He addressed his mother lovingly, gently, respectfully. That's the same way he addressed this woman who has been broken and hurting and ostracized and alone for years. And he called her to come close. And she came close, and he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was healed. This is a woman who knows pain, sorrow, suffering. And I'm guessing that many of us in the room today, we know what it feels like to suffer. We know the weight of pain. We know the weight of sorrow. My goodness, anyone who's lived in the last 15 months of life just knows disappointment and discouragement and, and, and difficulty. We know it. We know what it feels like to carry these things. And if you're here in this place and you say, yes, I, I know what it feels like to carry a burden on my shoulders. I've been carrying one for a long time. I want to tell you, you're not alone in feeling that way. You're in good company because most of us have, are either feeling it now or we've felt it in the past. Look at Psalm 38, 6. It says, I am bent and bowed down greatly. I go about mourning all the day long. Well, know this, family, friends. Know this. Jesus is here in this place, and Jesus sees you. Jesus is where you are. Maybe you're saying, I'm listening online. I'm not where you are. All you have to do is call out on the name of the Lord. He is there. He is there with you. Psalm 38, 9, Lord, all my desire is before you and my sighing is not hidden from you. Again, the Lord sees you. The Lord sees you. And he kindly, he lovingly, he respectfully calls you to come to him. And guess what? Our God still does miracles. He still does miracles. He's the God who doesn't change. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same tomorrow. It's who he is. Several years ago when Sean and I were at that place in our marriage that we were ready to start a family, we um, did what you do to start a family. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) Sorry, Johnson boys. Awkward Awkward. Again, you never know what's going to come out of my mouth, but our, our boys are used to it. <laughs> but I, so, so here we are, yeah, trying, trying, trying. Sorry, I'm going to try to move on. Um, I could hear my husband amening. That's throwing me off. <laughs> okay. So month after month after month goes by, and we are having no success, which Sean wasn't complaining. 
because it just lent itself to more trying. However, I was growing really discouraged, and the disappointment, month after month, it was really hard. And what I noticed is, as time went on, the disappointment started, and the discouragement started to turn into fear. Because I've dreamed of having a family, and you don't really know if infertility is an issue until you're ready to start trying. And so here we are in this place, and I had a timeline. Like, I want, I have it, I have a plan for our family. And so, and it just wasn't going my way. And I'd gone to church one Sunday evening. That's when we had Sunday morning church and Sunday evening church. And I'd gone to church, and I was sitting in the back by myself. And at the end of the service, it was kind of a time where worship music would play, and anyone who needed or wanted prayer time, you were asked to come forward. Leaders were standing along the front, and they would pray over you. And and if you wanted prayer, you could go forward. Otherwise, you could just leave. And so I remember sitting in the back, and I saw a woman standing at the front who I knew. Her name was Evelyn. And Evelyn was actually somebody that I had a lot of respect for because I had known that she had actually prayed for several women who were wanting to get pregnant, struggling with infertility. And so I remember thinking, I should go ask Evelyn to pray for me to get pregnant, to have a baby. But then I quickly dismissed the thought. I thought, no, Jill, you don't need to bother Evelyn. You don't need to ask Evelyn to pray for you. You know how to pray for this yourself. You can pray for yourself. You can pray through it. You know how to quote scriptures, Jill. Just start writing scriptures and start standing on those scriptures and you'll be fine. And so I didn't approach Evelyn. I left that night, went home. Well, the next day, I went to work, and at the time, I happened to work for a gentleman who owned a newspaper company. I worked for him and his wife. His wife would actually have me do a lot of projects for her and for their family, and so I had gone to their home that day, and I went into their kitchen, and my boss's wife, her name is Cindy, she's a precious, precious dear friend of, of our family at that time, and I, Cindy was best friends with Evelyn. So I go into the kitchen, and I say hello to them both, and Evelyn said, Jill, I saw you at church last night, and, you know, I really wanted to come ask you if I could pray for you. I really felt like the Lord was telling me to come pray for you to have a baby, but I told the Lord, no, Lord, I'm not going to do that. I don't even know if Sean and Jill are trying to have a baby. I just, I don't want to feel stupid, God. I'm not going to approach Jill, so she didn't do anything about it. And it was one of those moments where my heart just started to race. And I said, Evelyn, that's, that's crazy because I saw you and I wanted to approach you, but I just didn't feel like, I felt like I could pray for myself and I'd be fine. And she said, well, we're praying right now. So I remember Evelyn grabbed my hands in the kitchen of my boss's wife's home And my boss's wife laid her hands on my shoulders, and the two women prayed for me. And I, I mean, it was one of those moments, goosebump moments, where I I knew the Lord's presence was there. And honestly, I don't know that anything was ever physically wrong with me. Uh, It had been eight months, eight months of trying, and I say that very sensitively because I know some of you, infertility is real, and I've... If I can just say, I'm sorry, my heart goes out to you, but we're going to pray, we're going to trust, we're going to ask, leave it to God. 
And I, and I just am sorry that there, there has been that struggle. Evelyn prayed for me, and again, I don't know that anything physically was wrong, but one thing I did feel when I walked away from that, the fear, the fear that I'd been carrying on my shoulders was real, and it was heavy, and it was weighing me down, and it was like that fear lifted. The fear of infertility was gone. One month later, one month later, I saw the two blue lines on the pregnancy test. One week ago, with our firstborn son, one week ago, yeah, something to celebrate. One week ago, I watched that child, our firstborn son, speak his very first message to the youth group here at Red Rocks. And I mean, yeah, to watch the faithfulness of God unfold is amazing. I do believe God still does miracles. He still does miracles, and we are going to pray for those miracles today. And if you will forgive me, I want to make sure I get it all in. Here we go. My notes got out of, out of order. Forgive me. Okay, here's what I love. So we've been singing that song Breathe miracles for months now, and I love it because it's as if we have just been giving life to the message of that song, building the message, building the words of that song deep within our spirits. Hear this, the Lord sees you. The Lord is here. The Lord is near. He sees what you're carrying. He knows. He knows the suffering. He knows the pain. He knows the sorrow. He knows all of it. And he's called you by name. He's called you by name to come close to him. Isaiah 43, 1 says, I've called you by name. And so though, what do we do? What do we do? Because let's be honest. Oftentimes when we pray, there's waiting involved. And the last thing I want is for this to be a message full of empty promises and empty hope. We hold on to hope while we wait. We hold on to hope, and our hope is in Jesus. I have been doing relationship with Jesus for 37 years now, so I have prayed a lot of prayers. I have watched other people pray a lot of prayers, and there have been a lot of prayers that I have seen go unanswered as far as I can tell. But here's what I want you to hear. Unanswered prayers don't mean something is wrong with you. When you put your faith and your hope in Jesus Christ, you become a child of God. And in First Chronicles, it says that those who are blessed by the Lord are blessed forever. You're blessed forever. But how do we trust God for a miracle while also knowing we might not get what, we, what we're asking for? Because that's really real. We do our best to just spend time in his presence, and we do our best to focus on what we know about who our God is. We focus on who God is. A few weeks ago, I was up uh, here with Sean. We were, we were teaching together, and I talked to you about my hiding place, that hiding place being the place where I, I sneak away for a minute just to simply access and acknowledge God's presence. Well, one thing that I didn't share with you, when I'm in that hiding place, when I step aside, sometimes it's me, for me it's my car, sometimes it's the corner of a room. 
And I want you to hear this. When when I'm in that place of saying, Jesus, I need you, I don't always feel him. In fact, most of the time, I don't feel him. It feels like an empty car or an empty room, but it's in those moments that I hold on to what I know about him. And here's what I know about him. It's going to come up on the screen because I feel like it'd be so good for all of us to take a picture of this. This is what we know about who our God is. He says he will never leave us. So in that empty car, I just picture him sitting there. He says he collects my tears on those moments when I'm just bawling my eyes out. I picture him collecting those tears that one day when I get to heaven, I'll see the bottles, the jars that he's collected I know that all God's promises to me, every single promise he's made, finds its yes in the person of Jesus Christ, in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, in his soon coming return. That's what I hold on to. I know that this world is not my final home, just passing through. I know that God is kind. I know that God is faithful. We hold on to hope while we're waiting by holding, by knowing who we're holding onto. And one of the things that I love, love, love about this very true story of the woman who was doubled over by her pain. And again, think of it like, I can't even imagine. She couldn't take full breaths. I know what it's like to live with, I know what it's like to live when you can't, when you don't feel like you can take a breath, and I've watched my husband walk through it, I just can't even imagine. But here's what's so beautiful about this woman. She didn't ask to be healed. She knew of Jesus. She knew of Jesus. She sought him out. She simply sought out his presence. She went where he was, and Jesus saw her. And Jesus called her to come close to him. And he laid his hands on her and he healed her instantly. Instantly she stood up straight. The Amplified Version of the Bible says she recognized and she thanked and she praised God without ever having looked anyone in the eyes for 18 years. The minute this woman stood upright and looked in the face of Jesus, she knew who he was. She knew who he was. Why? She recognized him as her Lord and Savior. And I actually wrote this down. It's going to come up on the screens because I, didn't, I, I want you to read it. I want to read it. I don't want to get any of it wrong. The woman knew Jesus in the moment of her miracle because she'd known his presence within her hiding place. She'd heard of the Savior's kindness and compassion. So she clung to what she knew of him long before she ever felt his physical hands of healing on her shoulders. Like the woman in this story, let's choose to be a people who seek out the presence of the Lord. Let's choose to seek out his presence whether we can see him clearly or not. She couldn't see him. She just moved towards the sound of his voice. Today, through scripture, we've been hearing the sound of the Lord's voice. Make no mistake, Jesus is here. He's here in this place. Jesus is where you are. Just acknowledge his presence. And we're about to 
close out today's service, and I am going to, in a minute, ask you to close your eyes. Not yet, because I fear that I'm already borderline on using too many words, and I don't want anybody to fall asleep. So we're going to close our eyes in a minute, and I'm going to ask you a question. And it's going to take some courage to respond. But remember, the woman in this story displayed great courage by stepping into the synagogue where she was not permitted to be. Not only that, I didn't even mention this. She was a woman, and at that time, women were segregated from the men and not permitted where she stepped. So here you have this woman of great courage who just simply moved towards Jesus' voice. She just moved towards his presence because she so wanted to be with him. And each week, Sean works really hard to give us practical tools that we can take home to use to build our faith and to grow in our faith. Well, today's tool, we're actually going to practice it right now. We are told all throughout scripture to meditate on God's word, and this is one way we're going to do it. Because in a minute, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, and I want you just to picture yourself in this story, sitting in the room where Jesus is. I want you to picture him in front of you. He's here, and I want you to know he is lovingly, kindly, gently, calling you by name because he adores you. And when we're finished, when I'm finished praying for you, and again, I will ask you to raise your hands to respond if there's anything that I can pray with you for. But when we're finished praying, the worship team is going to play Great is Thy Faithfulness because I know that some of us, some of us might feel him right now in the room. Some of us may not, but that's going to be a moment when we worship. We are just going to focus on who our God is and he's faithful. And we are going to sing at the top of our lungs, great is thy faithfulness, O God our Father. So if you would, if you would all close your eyes here in the room, or if you're listening online, if you cannot close your eyes because you're driving, please wait until you can have a private moment between you and Jesus and you're in a safe place to close your eyes. But close your eyes, and I just want to ask you this question. Is there a heaviness created by life's circumstances that are weighing heavily on your shoulders right now? Is it a broken relationship? Is it the loss of a job? Is it grief? from the loss of a loved one? Is it physical suffering? Maybe you need a physical miracle and you've been dealing with sickness and pain or you know someone who's been dealing with sickness and pain for a really long time. And please don't think that any any physical ailment or illness is too small. It all matters. It all matters to God. Maybe it's mental anguish. You You are one who you struggle Anxiety and depression, it wreaks havoc on your life. It wreaks havoc on your family's life. Maybe it's fear 
Maybe it's just the current events right now has just piled on the fear. I'm so sorry, but know that our God is faithful. Know that Jesus really is our soon coming king. And one day, one day, he'll wipe away every tear and he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Maybe you're carrying disappointment. Maybe you're carrying discouragement. Maybe you're carrying unbelief. The Lord is here. The Lord sees you. Picture yourself in the story of this woman. Picture Jesus calling you close and calling you to come to him. You know, as I was preparing for today, it occurred to me, I never did seek out Evelyn. I never did ask her for prayer. She brought it up to me when she saw me. I heard Evelyn's voice but I do believe with all my heart it was the Lord calling me to come behind her voice. And maybe you're hearing my voice today. You're hearing my voice. But I'm gonna trust after all the prayers I've prayed that it's the Lord who's saying your name, calling you to come to him, calling you to lay that burden at his feet. So if you're in the room and you have a very specific need, you or a loved one, and you say, Jill, pray for me. I need a miracle. I want you to have the courage to raise your hand right now because I'm gonna pray for you and I'm gonna believe, not only me, but our staff is gonna believe for you. I see your hands, I see your hands. Thank you, Jesus, he's here and he's faithful. You can put your hands down. One of the things that is so important to say. I told you we prayed for our staff because some of them had some really big needs and need miracles. Well, just learned that God did miracles. We heard two stories, two stories of God doing miracles. And I know of another miracle that's in the works that I'm believing for. God is good. God is faithful. God is kind. Do you know why? Do you know why this matters so much to God that you receive your healing? And again, whether it's here or whether it's in eternity, I don't have the answer for that. I just know that what matters to you matters to God. You, all that concerns you matters to God. It concerns God. And your story, your story of healing matters Number one, because the God of the universe who created your body adores you. He loves you. He cares. But secondly, it matters because there's a world outside who needs our story, needs the miracle story. There's children who are following behind us that they need to hear about who our God is and they need to hear about what our God can do because they're gonna need it to go forward in their future. To, to continue to bring the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. You matter. Your miracle matters. Your family matters. And you are loved. Before I close in prayer, one more. If you are in the room and you say, Jill, I hear all of what you're saying, but I do not have a personal relationship with the Lord, I want you to raise your hand right now. Walk in courage to raise your hand because my goodness, the Lord of the universe is calling you by name, calling you into relationship with him. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but 
We've been permission, we've been given permission to approach his throne of grace through Jesus. And by raising your hand, you say, Jesus, I need you. I want you. Forgive me. I choose to live in relationship with you. Thank you to those of you today who raised your hand with courage. Thank you. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you, God, for who you are. You are so good. You are so kind. You are so faithful. And we believe in you. We believe in you. We believe, God, that we cannot accomplish anything on our own. There is no miracle that we can perform. There is nothing that we can do to be loved anymore than we already are by you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you see us. I thank you that you know us. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die for us while we were yet sinners. And Lord God, I pray for every person who raised their hands saying, I need a miracle. Well, Lord God, we're asking you for a miracle. We're asking you for many miracles. And Lord God, we will be a people of praise. We will tell the world of the marvelous deeds that you have done. That's who we are. That's who we will be. We are children of the Most High God, children of the King. And we will display your glory and your goodness wherever we go. In Jesus' name, amen.